Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Tune in, you guys, to a new original drama series from Showtime. It's called I'm Dying Up Here, and it's about stand-up comedy uh, in the 70s. That's right. It's on Showtime. You can download the app and get it for free if you do a free trial on the Showtime app. It's called I'm Dying Up Here. It's about stand-up comedy in the 70s. Jim Carrey's executive producing. It's an ensemble cast. Al Madrigal's in it. Uh, Andrew Santino and Eric Griffin is in it. So it's a mix of actors and comics. And the club owner, Goldie, is played by an Academy Award-winning actress, Melissa Leo. That's right. Download the Showtime app, watch I'm Dying Up Here, and watch Al Madrigal be a stand-up comic in the 70s. Tune in Sundays at 10 p.m. 9 central on Showtime. Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest. I'm Jackie Cation and I'm your host. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, the rest of them. You probably know. Anyway, let's get right into the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song. You just heard he sang it with his wife, Sarah Cohen. That He will sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of this program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio, and Vilmos does my website, JackieCation.com. There are many ways to support the show if you wish to support the show. First and foremost, and probably easiest, would be to review the show on iTunes. Tell friends about it with your face. Uh, those are the ones. Uh, then you, the next thing that doesn't cost any money, you can use the Amazon banner that is on both dorkforest.com and jackiecation.com under support the show or at the top bar. And all you do is use that as a portal, the Amazon banner or the Amazon link to get to Amazon, order as normal, and it doesn't cost you extra. Dork Forest gets a little bit of a kickback. The next thing you can do, PayPal button. That's right. PayPal button is just a way to directly, uh, give the Dork Forest money. You can donate, uh, monthly. That'd be 10 bucks a month would be a hundred dollars a year, which is what bands tell people to give them. And so that's what I tell people to give me because in November and December, I tell you not to donate. Instead, find a food bank. Anyway, if you want to donate monthly, I have not made that easy. You'll have to remember every single month that they're, that you like the show. So do whatever you want there. You, some people don't like PayPal and have begun to Venmo me money. That is acceptable, as you can well imagine. Other than that, on JackieCation.com, there is merch. If you would like a Dork Forest t-shirt or a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt or one of my stand-up albums, my stand-up DVD, or a stand-up t-shirt, um, they are all at JackieCation.com in the store, in the merch page. All the t-shirts are 100% cotton, pre-shrunk. They are union-made here in the United States of America, so they run a little big because they're made by Americans. And you can order those. Shipping is included. You can get the CDs and DVDs, um, hard copies on my website. Everything's available digitally. You can get them at iTunes and Amazon. And the DVD you can get streaming at ComedyFilmNerds.com on their download page. The name of my DVD special is This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux. That is available as a video or as an audio. Okay. I have a new album. It is called I Am Not the Hero of This Story, and it was number one on Amazon and iTunes and number three on Billboard, so I'm very proud of it. You should go and get that. I Am Not the Hero of This Story. You can listen to everything on Pandora, Spotify, and Amazon Prime if you have those things. And um, come and see me live. If you want to know more about it, you can follow me on Twitter at Jackie Cation or Snapchat or Instagram, all the things, or you can just go to JackieCation.com and check out my schedule. Enough is enough. Let's get into it. Hey, I'm in my living room. Jackie Cation here. Uh, I'm with Kostaki Economopoulos. Great comic. Great comic. New York, right now? New York. Yeah. Kostaki, I remember when I first, I think, emceed for you and learned how to pronounce your name. Is that when we met? As I was we thinking about it on the drive over here. I, I knew it was Acme, but I was trying to think of the era for each of us. Well, when I lived in Minneapolis, um, he moved me. It wasn't that I had to MC. No, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> right. it was, if you lived in, if you live in Minneapolis, you're willing to MC feature or headline. Of course. At Acme. Right. Because it's a week of work. That was true. My home club, the Atlanta Punchline as well. The Atlanta Punchline. And the same model of, I would be headlining somewhere else and I would come back and middle there and yeah. I was middling somewhere else and I was emceeing there. Yeah. Same deal. Yeah. It's, he gives me one, like, la- I, was it last year or the year before, Lewis, 
I was like, hey, uh, I want to just do all new material. Can I, or at least 20 new, can I feature? Oh. And he said, you can't have a hotel. How do you feel about that? And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I said it will be a wash then, but I'll take it because uh, it's you know. But um, yeah. yeah, so and that's where you recorded your new album, which will be up by the time this goes live at Acme, is what you're calling it, Kostaki Gatamopoulos. That's right. That's right. Because you recorded it at Acme. I love Acme. I've always loved Acme. It was the first good club to ever headline me. See, and me too. Lewis has been like my crazy comedy <laughs> uncle my whole life. Yeah, and I love him, and I love that space, and I love the staff. No one is more supportive than Lewis Lee in my he's, career. He's awesome, including me. He is more supportive than I've I heard am. you say that somewhere else. It's, it, that makes me laugh. It is so funny, <laughs> including me, I, including myself. He is like, "Will you get your shit together and do this and do that and ask for more money and do this other thing and and go record an album and yeah, uh, who can I?" And he's you know he talks me up and it's nice. He's a he's a good guy. So I love that club and I recorded in uh December. Yep. And we put it all together and uh we're happy it's coming out. It's a, it's definitely the best thing I've done. Oh good. Creatively. Yeah, yeah, cuz <laughs> cuz you've gotten better. Yes. Stand up comedy. Some comics don't. So I I I approve. <laughs> I entirely approve. Such a grump. Anyway, but it's uh by the way, it's at funny Kostaki on Twitter, which yes. is K O S T A K I. C O S. C O S. Why did I I I've wrote C funny k in the original greek though maybe right just, maybe that's it it's bubbling through you. you know what's up it's uh that's <laughs> uh allow me to have no accent and say thank you very much in greek that i learned from a harlequin romance what in did high you say efaristo yeah efaristo poli oh poli right yeah thank poli. you very much thank you very much <laughs> learned it in uh in a, in a harlequin romance in uh in high school really yeah i'm a dork what was the context of that story well, I don't know if you know this about Greek guys. They're pretty, they're pretty romantic. Oh, so that, they're super intense. They find themselves in books like this. They find themselves in Harlequin <laughs> romances with their dark good looks. I did not know. Look that. what I'm staring at. I'm staring at uh, Kostaki Kadamopoulos, who has dark good looks. You're, you're well, Greek. I'm dark anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, dark hair, dark eyes. Anyway, and you have a podcast called Quick Snaps where you talk about the NFL. Yeah. And we may talk about the NFL, but first. <laughs> you know what I've never had on the Dork Forest is your dorkdom, even though everybody loves it, or a lot of people do, uh, poker, yes. which is a, a card game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a lot about poker. I get it, but I like that little card that tells you what beats what. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, who's who's so Here's who's that level of poker. Exactly. <laughs> I'm at that level of poker where I'm like, I have three of a kind. Does that beat a full house? Yeah. You, that's worth looking up. It's worth, does it? <laughs> you want to know that? No. A, a no. full house has a three of a kind in it plus oh, a that, pair. Oh, that's so, how I might be able to remember so that. Obviously, that's better. The that more was... confusing ones are flush and straight. And, oh, you yeah, know, yeah. that when you're learning, that's a little bit more of like, okay, these are all, all the numbers are in a row. Is that better than all clubs? Yes. Right. Is it? No. The, <laughs> the numbers all clubs are, are better. Oh, the all clubs are better? Yeah, yeah. Because of this, probably because of the statistics or the, yes, the odds. Right, right. Because it's harder to get. Harder to get all clubs than it is to get all the numbers in a row because all the numbers could be in different suits. Right. Wow. I love it when I learn things. I love it when I, it's like, it's going to be like this, this for an hour. This is a good start. <laughs> you should have heard me with Rory Scovel in golf. Oh, really? <laughs> and Will Anderson in cricket. Uh, oh, wow. After, the after the crickets. Will, yeah, the Will Anderson cricket one for a whole hour, I knew how to play cricket. I'm going to go listen to that because I've tried to like cricket and failed. <laughs> Oh, Will Anderson will help you because it was kind of fascinating. Yes, you know, I'm sure it is. Tea. Actually, they stop for lunch. They stop for. They uh, play for like three days in a row. Mm -hmm. It's one of the strangest games I've ever seen. Yeah, it is crazy. So, what uh, do you like? All card games, or is just um, and then poker rose to the top. Like, did yeah. you ever play gin rummy as a child? I did some of that. <laughs> my grandmother was a card player. That's it. My grandmother. <laughs> and so that's part of the story for me. It was like. Those moments of like warm family sort of communal activities yeah. I always was drawn to those. Yeah. And then later, poker was the thing that was the college version of that. Oh, right. Cause now you're a grown up. Now you're a grown up, but still I would much rather have like, as opposed to go and see a movie, which is a passive experience. Right. And then my favorite part of that is talking about it after. Right. So you skip the passive part. And you just sit around a table with all of your buddies and you drink beer and you ball bust and you play cards and you have a communal experience all the way through. Right. Cause it, well, it is, yeah, it is, it's a, it's much, it's like board games or any, anything right. where, I mean, in college, we just sat around and drank. 
Yeah. There was no game. So that was the communal thing. That sometimes the, there was a game. We played right. quarters or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Or pong, beer pong, which uh, yeah, I'm that aged was, out of. That was later. Yeah. yeah I'm aged <laughs> I missed out of that, that era. I missed Oregon Trail. I missed beer pong. All we had was a quarter, a dirty quarter. <laughs> a dirty, filthy quarter that we would all suck on. And, uh, <laughs> right. It's a. That is a generational gap. Yeah. That is when, a huge generational gap. When, when people start talking about beer pong and stuff. Beer pong versus quarters. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, it's that's fine. I'm also, uh, I uh, we had Zima. We didn't have hard, Mike's Hard Lemonade. What shitty drinker the kids that's drink true. it today? Mike's Hard Lemonade's pretty good. Is it? I think so. Well, it's a hard lemonade. I wouldn't want to drink six of them in a row. Well, but that's. I mean, if you're having beer, you take a break and have one of those. It's like, oh, nice. Well, mix it up or a hard <laughs> cider. Yeah, those also came yeah, in yeah. after I. After I, I was I done. I agree. I love those too. But the 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 weird sweet drink I would drink. I never did drink Zima, but I drank. Uh, Peppermint schnapps. Oh, really? Like, like a girl. I'm trying to imagine <laughs> that with you. That doesn't uh, fit my brain. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Also Just, generational rumblements. Yeah, possibly. And what that generation is, is the Appalachians. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, uh, some sort of Armenian thing. <laughs> my grandmother used to give me peppermint schnapps if I had a cold when I was a kid. Oh, wow. She was like, here, have a shot and go to bed. See? So was that part of the connection of how you were like, oh, when you found it later, you're like, oh, this, I love, yeah, this I think it was me to something, yeah, which else. is like poker, I guess. And it's I when I ask, I, I do a lot of football jokes on the radio, so very often during my act, I'll do like my act, yeah, my relationships, my life, my kid, my wife, you know, and then there's a chunk where I do football jokes, and I always ask people how they connect with their teams, and it is fascinating how many different answers there are. Oh. And very often it's something like that. Like my grandmother liked the Eagles and I grew up in Dallas and all my friends are Cowboys fans, but I was like, ah, screw the Cowboys. There's always some interesting familial (laughs) story. one weird twist to it. Right. So so your grandmother played cards with you. My grandmother was a a big card player. So I like that -hmm. that sort of simple aspect of it. And I was also a chess player in high school and mostly middle school. Middle school, I was a crazy chess player. It's one of the few things I was really good at. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, uh, I was a speed chess champ of my school. What? I was the captain for some of the time. Can you name like the different squares? Like if somebody says, move it to F, whatever, or D4. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I, it's my chess obsession is long ago now. But did you know at the time? Yeah, sure. Could you have done? And you would take notes. You would you would oh. go pawn to you know pawn oh, to that's four this, this knight to did. D- and then you could go back and replay the game and study it. That's the reason that you take the notes. Oh. And my coach was such a nerd that he would go through the games and write notes on the side and give them back, almost like a paper. Oh, good for him though. Yeah, he I was mean great. that. I mean that makes more sense than anything else, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, was, I mean, how are you going to learn how to get better? That's the reason that I became a good chess player because I just fell by accident into a dreamy situation of an absolute great coach. Right. The coach cared enough to to do the work right. with you, which right. is it's always nice when a teacher takes time to teach in the middle of it all. <laughs> it's, uh, but I mean, cause the thing yes. is, is some people just show up, yeah. you know, they're just going, I mean, you got to learn how to read, write and uh, arithmetic and, uh, I'm going to teach you those things. But uh, you know, if, if someone has a, a good, if they're good at teaching or whatever, they, they take an extra minute and. Right. So all of those things sort of came together. The, the excitement about the communal experience and the sort of, nerdy look aheadness of chess. Right. And then poker, just like, I just was drawn to it and loved it. And then years later, it exploded as a cultural phenomenon on ESPN. They had it on TV. And it became like a huge thing everywhere. They were showing it on TV. And I, and at that point, I totally embraced it and I was playing online and I almost quit my night job for my night job. Wow. That's what, what you would have quit stand up comedy to become a poker player. That almost happened. You know what? I, I allow me to digress and then we can, I swear to God, we'll talk about no, poker no, forever. Is I always wanted them to do an ESPN, uh, of cribbage. Uh, cause it felt just as sporty <laughs> as poker. And also I always wanted to hear a lot of people say knobs. Uh, so, uh, other than that, <laughs> tell me. You just don't get the cribbage humor like you used to. Well, you know, a lot of cribbage jokes. I got, I used to have a backgammon joke that destroyed. A lot of people don't know. And, uh, so <laughs> what, so, so, so you, so you, were you playing like Texas Hold'em over the? Yeah. Again, internet? it's happenstance, right? 
Uh, there were there are several poker games for the world to choose from. What are they? Well, there's five card, and then there's uh, AC Doocy. Those are the two <laughs> I know. <laughs> right? Okay, fair. Uh, those could have become the game that we all love, but they don't look good on TV. Okay, Texas Hold'em plays well on television. Why? It's what? not as good a game, arguably, as Seven Card Stud or some of the other games. Oh, that's right. There's that. <laughs> but but Texas Hold'em, everyone gets two down cards. Okay. And then there's a flop of three in the middle. Oh, that is, that's right. And so lipstick cameras came into play and you could see the down cards and you could see the game played, but it was revealed right. to the viewer and it became compelling only because of the way that television captured it. And it took hold of the American imagination and it blew up as this giant phenomenon. Because you could watch the bluffing. You could right. watch how people play. Right. Because you could, you knew what they really had. Right. And you could see them play the game. I suppose even if you were good at it, you could take notes and learn how to play better poker from it. No? Yeah, except like any other TV, it's mm. they tape for 14 hours and they show you the 22 minutes that they that are think interesting. are interesting. Yeah. And so it's not a very good representation of what real poker is. Okay. Because <laughs> Texas Hold'em takes a long time? Yeah, or? there's a rhythm to it. It's a slow, sort of beautiful game. It's How long does a Texas Hold'em game, can it take hours? Yeah, no. it doesn't end. Wait, because wait, you play the hands. Well... Now, in my m current life, I can't play legal cards at home in New York City, the land of the free in the shadow of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, we have bigger fish to fry, my friend. I am so sorry. Fair but, enough. Um, Good point. The, uh, so wait, they uh, outlawed um, card games or something? Well- I saw guys and dolls. There's, there's got to be a floating crap game somewhere in New York City. There are, there are underground games, but mm -hmm. here's the problem. An underground game is illegal. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of money there. So it's the perfect place to rob. Oh. So every once in a while, there's a crazy thing with a gun and a, you know, sometimes and, someone and gets guys. shot at a poker game. Okay. And so I don't play in those kind of games anymore because <laughs> Better now I'm part a father of, of a small person. Right, right. Better part of Valor. No reason to. So, but when I'm on the road, now it kind of fits with my life because when I'm home, I try to be super dad. And mm -hmm. when I'm on the road, I'm kind of enjoy being a comic and I go play you can cards do your wherever those, yeah. a lot of the, you know, are a lot there, of the comedy moments are near the poker moments anyway. Sometimes they're literally in the same building. Right. Right. If you're doing casinos, <laughs> right. which is the only place I know of that is legal. Where's, are there other legal cards besides yeah, casinos? Yeah, actually out here, there's a whole nother universe that doesn't exist in most parts, parts of the country where they have card rooms that aren't casinos otherwise, but Los Angeles, card California rooms. has card rooms. Yeah. All of California. Oh, they have rooms where you can't play slots or roulette. And those kinds of things, but they have cards. So they have Pi Gow and poker and blackjack and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just a different kind of casino, but it's dedicated to cards. Yeah. And it's, it's an called a card. Wait, is there a card room at the horse track? I think there is. Yes, there usually is. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to lose your money twice on cards and horses, right. so it's, it's my father's dream, by the way, uh, is right. to go lose twice. He's just like, oh, let me go make a bet on this horse that isn't going to win and then play these cards that aren't going to win. Yes. And uh, love him dearly. Uh, but poker, if you don't yeah. mind me defending my little game, please, you're not playing the house. Oh, you're playing each other. Right. And the house takes a cut. So that's why you could be a professional poker player because you're not playing the house, you're playing the other knuckleheads. So the odds are, the odds are better because the other knuckleheads aren't possibly. Well, it's not that they're What's not good. What's the percentage that, but house it's that you study the game and they don't quite there that you, level. There you go. You're better at poker than they are. Right. So that it has that sort of competitive edge. At one moment in my life, I had a parenting book in my hand and I put it back on the shelf and there were two parenting books and there were about 20 poker books. And I go, maybe that's not the right ratio. Perspective. <laughs> Except, uh, you know Chad Daniels, right? Yeah. His joke about parenting is one of my favorite jokes. What's He's that? like, people are always like, I couldn't even, I couldn't, I, I, I kill plants. I can't raise a kid. And you're like, you aren't a plant. You're a person. Just, I made this into a 42 year old. Do what you do for yourself, but cut it up smaller. Like cut the food up smaller. If you're thirsty, get your kid a glass of water. Anyway, so, uh, Poker sounds harder to do than raise kids, quite honestly. Well, here's the here's the phrase that they always say about poker, and it's so true. Moments to learn, a lifetime to master. Oh. 
So I can teach you poker right now, and we could play at some minimal level, and we would both be fine with it. And it okay. would be great. And it would yeah. be fun for you and for me. Okay. But there's gradations of learning that kind of never end. There's, it's so multi-layered that it's fascinating. Like, like well, chess, you can kind of go on forever. What are you, what are you looking – I mean – Okay, first I have one question, which is what is the percentage the 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 club gets, the card club? Oh, it does it vary? Varies wildly, but it's generally ten ish percent. Okay, so, so if well, you say it's ten, yeah, then you have to outplay the other players by eleven percent in order to be profitable. Okay, ish, you know what I mean? So that's not a, those aren't bad odds. So if you can crush the table in terms of being ahead of the curve, it's actually a profitable enterprise. Okay. And then, um, and then, like, what's the cheapest ante at one of these things? Like three bucks or five bucks or a dollar? Well, again, it varies wildly. Sure. And that's part of the beauty of it. As I travel around, you know, that's a different game in Montana than it is in Louisiana. Right. You know? And so there's different house rules or different expectations. Typically, in sort of the modern poker universe, a one, two, no limit game is kind of the standard bearer of the whole deal. Okay. Which means, there's two blind bets. They call them blinds. You have to put them in, like you would use the word ante, okay. before you see the cards. Oh. Right? Let's say there's 10 players at the table. Yeah. Uh, I put in a dollar. You put in $2. The other players put in nothing. And then we play a hand and we fold. And then it shifts. Then you put in a dollar. The player to your left puts oh. in two. And so then the other, other players put in nothing. So the other eight people don't have to put – so two Not, people put in stuff – Initially, right. into what I would call the ante, but it right. was called blinds, right. because nobody's gotten any cards yet. That's why it's blind. Right. Okay. Then you look at your cards and decide if you want to play. Yep. And the the money that's on the table is sort of what drives the action, chasing and that, that money. That stays there. That stays there. You're and in then, for that much. Right. So if 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 you go around and nobody bets more than like if so, a do, like if you were the dollar blind, right. And the person next to you is the two dollar blind, and nobody brings it up more than two bucks, you might stay in. Right. Right. Okay. Exactly. So the other players owe two dollars to play in the game. Oh, to stay in, they have to. Pay, they if have to, they want to play, they have to put two bucks in. They have to match the bigger amount, and then the person who did the dollar they, has to put in a dollar. Correct. Okay. They could fold for free. Okay. Like, and just be done. A pro player folds about eighty percent of the time before you start. Oh wow! Which right there, you already are ahead of the field just by doing that. Because well, they're not doing that. They right. come to play. They don't come to fold. Right. Right. Well, and. <laughs> If you fold eight, so how many cards do you get? What game is this that has a blind? Okay, so this is again we're like talking Texas about Hold Texas Hold'em. Oh, that's right. right. So okay. we all have two down cards. So everybody gets two cards, and then the blind happens, or right. the blind and happens, and then you decide whether to play. Okay, and you can fold for free. Yep. If you're not in the blinds, you can call for two, mm -hmm. or you can raise it to whatever you want. Like which if you becomes, have two aces, right? Which becomes part of the art. Okay. Now it's not a mechanical action. It's this beautiful sort of science meets art moment where you try to figure out the right amount to raise to protect your hand and to win of the field and to also charge the players with lesser cards for coming into the action. Okay. Wow. Right? All right. And that continues throughout the rest of the hand. So let's say you – let's go with your dream scenario. You have the aces. I got two aces. The big blind is $2. Yep. Right? Yep. So – you have been playing with these guys for a few hours now. Mm -hmm. It's a never-ending, no-limit game that has no beginning and no end. And players come in and leave. Sort and of, no limit means that you could bet as much money as, as you want. As you have on the table. Okay. You can't go into your wallet and go, right. I'm, I'm going to grab another grand. Now you can put a lot on the table if you want yep. or not so much. Again, okay. no, another one of the – this is the beauty of poker to me. Let's say in an hour you make 100 key decisions. If you make 90 of them well, yes, and I make 70 of them well, you're winning some of my money during that hour. Yeah. So it's like this game of discipline and quiet sort of careful decision making that over the long haul, yeah. the good players win. Interesting. In the short run, anybody can win, which is part of the magic and the beauty of poker. Right, because it's because there's also a crapshoot angle to yes. it. Because you don't know what cards you're going to get. In fact, moment to moment, a lot of the game is just the luck of the cards. But right. so today, you yeah. and I play. Yeah. I'm a much better player than you are. Yes. But you could easily beat me. Right. But at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the year, there's no way you're going to beat me. 
Right. Long run. Long run. Yeah, the long game. So you game. think of it as a long game when you're a serious player. Okay. And, um, well, <laughs> there's part of me. <laughs> My father lost a lot of money playing cards as a oh, okay. child. So I have, okay. I'm trying, I, but Dork Forest, safe space. You get to celebrate your dorkdom. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. You'll, this is, this is the dorky part. The image of poker is that it's won by guys who have balls and cowboy hats and Budweiser. Yeah. No. The guys that are playing at these final tables at the World Series of Poker, they're very often like from Ivy League schools and they have like, the, you know, game yeah. theory, master's degrees. And mm-hmm. These, the nerds win at poker. It's about careful decision making and math and reading players and okay. having discipline it, and being cautious. You can't really card count, right? I mean, there's no card counting, right? No, it's really more situational. It's, it's understanding it's situations. Is it one deck of cards? It's one deck. And there's 10 players and everybody, well, okay, so we each get two cards and yep. then there's the flop, if I remember correctly. That's correct. There we go. Three <laughs> cards that go in the middle right. that we all get. We all share those. We all share those. I've so got... the key to the whole operation is the down cards because those are the cards that are separate from the rest of the world. So nobody knows. Nobody knows. And you, that's what makes your hand or doesn't is the two down cards. Is there anything after the flop? I feel like there's two more cards. That's right. You got it. Okay. There's a flop. Then yeah. There's a turn card. And then there's the river card. So eventually there's five in the middle that we're sharing and we each have two down. Okay. okay. And then you make your best poker hand out of those seven. Okay. Right. Interesting. And so to get better at poker, like you were saying that there's plateaus and, you know, or what I think of as plateaus and spikes and you sort of, you know, you get better as percentage of, you know, easy to learn a lifetime to. Yeah. All the, yeah. all the minutiae to use your word, right? You, yeah. You learn all the gradations and all the moments from experience of, okay, when this particular player is pushing money around, He's not messing around. He's got cards. Yeah. This guy over here puts money in with who knows what, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're reading those situations and you have your cards versus their cards and you're reading what they're doing. And, and your personhood versus their personhood. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Now, most of it isn't looking into their soul and figuring out what their cards are. Most of it is learning to watch the style of play that that player has okay, and sort of winnowing what the poker player would call his range of cards. So the player who's a tight player doesn't play very often. When he's putting money in the pot, he's got a smaller range of cards that he could have. Okay. The loose player, the guy who's wild and playing all over the place, he's got a wide range. So he could have aces or he could have 10-2. Mm. There's a big range of cards that he could have. And there's you're sort of... It's not math exactly, but you're sort of making decisions based on the range yeah. that you put the guy on. But you have to – like what if you sit down – like if you're in different card rooms, you don't know any of these people. Yeah, but you – you know, it's, you like, the, it's like the book or... Blink. Okay, which I never read. Is but that, what but is you it? know the premise, right? No. When you – it's a Gladwell book, right? Oh, is so it? There we go. when you see somebody, yeah. you kind of know. Okay, because you 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 can see types. You know, you you can read the like you can read you the table. Meet somebody in a dating situation. You know, in ten seconds whether or not you're going to have a second date. Right. When you see someone or, on the street, you know, in the first one second if he's likely to rob you. You know, Gladwell. <laughs> uh, not an. Here's a, <laughs> what I would encourage Rangers is: you give people more than a second or ten seconds for a second date. He's not and, disagreeing with the premise, but he's saying that. We take all of these little cues in immediately, yes. and we're usually right. That's the premise of the book. The premise, yes. And it applies to poker. And you know, it's not just 10 seconds. You're there for hours, hours right? And in so, some cases. And so you will learn. So you get person. to know who these guys are and so, what their style of play is. And so is there a lot of – it feels like there's a lot of memory to it. Like you have to remember how they play. But you don't have to try because it's very natural. Okay. In the same way that if you and me and five other comics we never met sat in a room together for a little while, you would immediately know how to kind of know them. like, yeah. oh, this guy, this is the dick joke guy, and this yeah. this, this chick is, is really savvy about relationship 
you know, right. and you kind of learn liner guy storytelling, learn dude. their essence. Right. Right. And it's the same thing with poker styles. You kind of, you breathe it in and you kind of know like, Oh, this is the, that's what the long game is then because you have to be around so many, cause the like, comics, I, I can recognize like much like the blink thing. Right. If I meet a comic within very quickly, I can tell whether they're funny or not. Yes. And you're it's not, not always right. I'm not always right. Sometimes but generally you're right. Generally I can tell, right. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be a good, this is a good guy. Guy and uh, right. and he's going to be funny and yeah so that's and then this person might be funny but he's a blowhard off stage even more than the human side is yeah. the game side of No Limit Hold'em is a really complicated game at its at its highest level because you're deciding so many different things how much to bet yeah. when to bet whether to check and then raise. Uh, this card, these cards versus those cards are likely to hold up in this number of situations after the turn and the river. Uh, my chances of getting a flush are this. If, if I push all in here, how likely is he to fold? And my second, you know, semi bluffing, you want to, you, your plan A is to bet enough that you'll fold. Yeah. Plan B is you're in and I could still win, even though I have nothing yet. Ah, so there's how a, do you win if you have nothing yet? Because it's it just the well, flop. Well, let's say is, I yeah. have let's say there's two clubs on the board, mm-hmm. and I have two clubs in my hand. Right. So I have one card to a flush, which is a powerful hand. Yep. But right now I have nothing. Right. So that's a good situation where I might bet enough to try to get you out of the hand. Yeah. And if you still call, I could still hit a flush and then. And then win that way. Plan A is that you fold. Plan right. B is that I hit my flush. And so you bet the first, uh, like bef- before the flop, you bet on what you have in your hand. Right. right. And then the flop comes, those three cards come, and then you go around again and bet. Right. And you're like, oh, well, I have two clubs, and there's two clubs in the middle. I'm going to try to uh, put enough money in that it'll make some of these people drop out. Right. What is... What is the, what is the math on that? What is the, like, right. like, that's wh- the, that's so now, <laughs> right. now it's again, it's science meets art because there's a, there's a little bit of a mathematical answer. Let's say the pot has $70 in it. Yeah. Betting 150 is crazy to win 70. You don't bet that much. Okay. And betting 10 into 70 doesn't make anybody go away. Right. Oh, okay. So that's part of the art of what's the right amount. How much and to raise? Do I want to- them to fold? What's the right amount? To oh, get them to do what I want them to do. Because some bets are value bets. I'm betting to get more money in the pot because I think I'm going to win. Right, because if you have two aces and let's say another ace shows up in that in the flop, right. you kind of want to drag them along with now, you, Now right? I want to get as much money in the pot as possible. So then do you put the 10 in? Maybe. That's part of the – now I've watched these guys play. Yeah. I know their tendencies. Some of them are what they call calling stations, which is a reference from the – you know, in the old cruise ships days where you yeah. get off the boat and you would go to a calling station. Yeah. So they call too much. So, oh, oh, I call. So if there's a I'm- calling station, now I want to bet my small amount because I know he's going to hang around. He's not going to give up easily, right? Okay. So there's – um, you can you – can, uh, you can raise – you can stand? You can Wait. well basically in any poker moment you have yeah. three choices. You can fold. Okay. For free. Which is you just drop you drop out. You're you're out. Yeah. You're out. Uh you can bet. Yeah. Or you can raise. Okay. Which means someone else's bet and you make it more than that. Bet is essentially matching whatever came before you. No, that would be a call. Okay. A bet is you're putting new money into the pot and making it a higher amount for everyone else to play. Right. Oh, if, you're. Let's you're, say you bet ten. Yep. Now I can fold for free. Yep. I can call for ten, or I can raise to twenty-five or fifty-five or whatever yeah. I want. What's the, what's the bet word that was in the middle there? Is you said you can you can you can fold, you can bet, or you can raise. Oh yes, and there's and of course there's call, which is and then call, and you bet. Then that's one of my choices. I can call for that amount, which is you fold. match it, and and then does every and everyone after cannot raise? Is that the no, which is another part of the beauty and the complication of poker. Okay. That's part of the decision that I'm making. If there's four players now, yeah. and you bet there's two guys to act behind me, yeah. which makes it less likely that I'm just going to call with a weak hand because they could still raise it 
and then, and then it'll push come me back out, to me. And I've already got my 10 or 20 in and it was a bad choice for me to make that call. Right. But maybe I'm doing something sneaky and I have a monster hand. Yeah. Now I'm calling, hoping that they raise so that I re-raise. Oh my gosh. So okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm yeah. saying. There's so many gradations of exciting little strategic moments in poker. Right. And, and in no limit, you're making all of those decisions and the amounts at every turn, whatever you want. And it can, can it keep going around as long as the bets and the raises and still keep happening? Yes. It goes for as long as that, ha- they, it happens. Right. Now in no limit, sometimes it, you know, it ends pretty quickly when one guy says, I'm all in and he's got $400 in front of him. And now the other players have to match that or the hands over. Okay. Let's say I have $400. I'm all in. Right. Uh, everybody matches it. Can anyone raise? A 400 or is there a... You're only in for the amount that you're all in for. We right. can't make it 700 and you can't Because I don't have play. $300. Yeah. No, your, your action is full. Okay. So we can, we're, you're in for 400 and you get to see the end of this hand and you get that much no matter what. Okay. If you win. Okay. Now there might be other players in the hand and I might want to raise to keep them out and just play against you. Right. Or... I raise, they call, and we have a side pot. You can win your 400 and our 400, each of us. Okay. And then let's say there's 800 on top of that. Now yeah. the 800 between us, we're... It's a it's, separate game? It's a separate pot. Separate the same pot. hand, but you can't have that because you didn't have enough to play so that if, part. But if I win of everybody, I, I just get the 400s, right? I get the right. 400. You get my 400 and his 400. Yeah, everyone everybody's was in at that point. The side pot would be... With whoever wins the who has the best cards or the rest he is right is that it <laughs> that's it exactly. okay <laughs> all right you're savvy well uh, <laughs> I have an addictive personality I could play this game see I'm teaching you the game right now <laughs> right you would be you're a good learner you'd be great to coach oh I'd be great to it'd coach. be fun to take you on the road play some cards with you <laughs> now do you play pretty often I have well. I don't really do stand up all that often relative to what I used to do. Oh, really? Because now I go out like every other weekend. Okay. And let's say half of those times there's a poker room within driving distance. Okay. So, so once a and, month and you or don't so, play in New York. Right. So once so, a month or so, I'll you, dive in and play for like five hours here and 10 hours there and right. have a crazy weekend. Is it, is it, were, if, if you were out more, would you only play for two or three hours? You no, think, or you long probably, sessions are so fun. Long sessions That's are the part way of to the go? beauty of it. Okay. You put your headphones in, you listen to Dork Forest, and you play Wait, cards. You play cards while you're listening to a radio show and not concentrating on the rest of the. Yeah, because what happened to the community, Kostaki? What well, happened to the community? This is professional level, sort <laughs> okay. of chilling and zenning out. Okay, this, these aren't my buddies. These are guys on a riverboat in Iowa. Right. So it's a, I, I don't go for the same experience there. Right. In that situation, I'm going. to to listen to Mark Marin and Malcolm Gladwell and talk on the on the yeah phone, on a the... book I'm listening to on tape called Fuck Feelings. Fuck Feelings. I'm trying to care less about some of the things and get less angsty in my life. So in that situation, you know, let's say you in a in a typical no limit game, yeah, there's a live game. They'll they'll deal about twenty five to thirty hands in an hour. Okay, how many people are playing? Ten-ish. Okay, they seven, eight, nine, ten. So the 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 table itself usually has seven to ten people at it. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, and if I'm folding seventy, eighty percent of the time, there's plenty of time to listen to Jackie Cation <laughs> in my head, and then I can uh, chill and enjoy that. And then there's these moments of like great focus, and then I take the headphones out and I really think very carefully about what. Do I'm you think doing. that's a tell? Well, yeah, but you could. Think very carefully about very strong hands or very weak hands. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so they can't tell. Right. But I wonder if, if like after several hours, they're like, "Oh, he takes the headphones out." Yes, when he has when, a monster. When hand. When he has a monster hand, I or think when that's has, a good point. I should or, be I should be wary of that. <laughs> You're like, oh, noted. <laughs> so for me, it's this beautiful sort of throwback communal strategic thing that I loved about my childhood and chess playing and my college buddies. And it's a nerds win game, which I love. It's careful decision-making and discipline is what wins long run. Right. And it's this sort of Zen activity of losing myself in this thing for a few hours. I just, I just love it. I miss it when I don't play it for a while. Yeah. My, my brother Phil was playing poker a lot lately and then he had to kind of chill because it was getting kind of expensive. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but, that could happen too. Right. But he, he also <laughs> plays online chess. 
Oh. Much like, uh, like you're, he is essentially you to some extent. And, uh, he sounds great. He sounds great. He's also gotten into pinball recently. <laughs> really? Uh, yes. It turns out he'll play a game. That's retro. And, but it, my favorite story about him playing chess online is whenever he, he's losing and he has to concede, he goes, Oh, my mom says I have to go to bed and pretends that he's 11. And, uh, <laughs> I love that. My brother-in-law is a hardcore online player. He plays something called lightning chess, lightning chess, where speed chess is each person gets five minutes. Yeah. And apparently lightning chess, the whole game happens in like five minutes. No, less like it's two minutes. Oh my God. They're like quick. It's, and he was, he was telling me the other day that he's, He's about to win his hundred thousandth game or something. Whoa. And here's the joke I didn't say. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had said, and what happens when you hit a hundred thousand wins in chess? Do you get a job? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's some serious solo time. Like my brother's but, uh, downstairs f- tying flies and, oh, yeah. and, and playing chess online and, and just screwing around. So, but I used to feel bad about these hobbies. Yeah. Cause they felt like they were. I'm not curing cancer or right. something. Right. Okay. Not, like I would see, I would see guys in uh, in airplanes. They would they they would be handed the with the USA Today or whatever version yeah. of that. They pull out the sports section and read it for an hour. And I was like angry at that guy. It was like there's a fucking lap full of useful information that you are ignoring by going straight to the sports section. And you're reading about wide receivers or some stupid thing. The whole section too. That is an hour. Cut to later in my life. Yes. Like I was a poli sci guy. Like yeah. I have a master's degree in political science. I was really politically active. And now I've shifted the other way. Now I'm like, ah, I find it all to be taxing and I'd rather just enjoy these little moments. Where did you go to college? For your master's? University of Georgia. Okay. And, oh, did you do that thing where if you had the, 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 Georgia has that, that high school program, you might have aged out of this as well, <laughs> uh, where if you have a B average, you can go to college for free? That's the next generation after me. That is, okay. That's it's the lottery the, money. It's so great. It's so great. Who it knew changed, Georgia? It changed education in Georgia. Right. Because in the old days, the really good students would go out of state. Yeah. And now they stay. They stay because it's free. And they made the value of my degree from the University of Georgia uh, higher. Right. Because oh. now the people coming out are, on average, smarter than they used to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's harder. <laughs> and uh, But it's who knew that Georgia was going to start, uh, like, well, they're a ha- model. have a great model? They're a model of it. Look, if you're going to have the lottery, yeah. at least do it like this, where the money actually goes to what you said it was going to go to. Which was education. Right. And um, yeah, no other state's doing that. <laughs> Though Tennessee, I understand, just said that community college is free. Uh, they, really? Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, said anybody, anybody can something. go to – it is something. It's, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah. That's it's, uh, I'll take – I'll go to tech school for free. If, <laughs> and I'll take that if you're willing to do that, Wisconsin. But to finish the point, so yeah. I was – you know, I was annoyed that people weren't working to learn and create a better world for all of us. And now I have a little bit of a, what are we all doing here anyway? Enjoy the ride. Yeah. Little empathy wouldn't, uh, yeah. So I, you know, whatever. I You can't write the great American novel 24 hours a day. Sometimes I think I look back and I go, I can't believe I just spent 14 hours playing cards. Right. And then in the same breath, I'm like, but I really enjoyed myself and it centered me and it made the rest of my world a little bit better. And I just, yeah. and, and I have 300 more dollars than I did when I started. And right. I've, and I just, there's a bounce in my step because I like the game. Right. And so you don't, you don't. You don't end up losing money more than you no, need I'm, to. No, I actually, you, you I budget? almost, I almost quit comedy to be a professional poker player. It's a very profitable game for <laughs> That's me. That's how good you are. Again, long But you're run. better at it. Yeah. Not a, I, I never did it full time, but I, and it's funny, it's hard for me to even say this because I wish I had done this. Yeah. I think I could be a professional poker player, but I never did it. Yeah. And so I don't know for sure, but I think I could do it for a living. Right. And, Maybe. But now you have a child. <laughs> but at and, least I yeah. can do it as a profitable hobby. Yeah. Most hobbies cost money. Mine makes a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? If it that's a good level for that's me. That's fine. And you know what? Well, some people do comedy as a hobby, and if they can <laughs> make true, some actually. money <laughs> at it, they they count that as a win. Right. So, um, which it is. It really is. Yes, I mean, of course. Whatever you do, would if, if you like, I there's I've had people on the show who who design cosplay. Right, they make the um the outfits. Oh, and so 
there's a regular job and then there's a cosplay job where they make these outfits and then sell them online. Oh. And you're like, whatever money you make on that is gravy, you know, because yes, that's just, and if you especially pay money if you for love their hobbies, it. Right? Yeah. If yeah. you're a golfer, it might cost you $10,000 a year to be a golfer. Right. You know? Right. If you have, a, if you are a boater, that could be a hundred thousand a year. Right. I mean, whatever. So I actually, this is the first year in many years that I'm keeping a book. I'm like, actually have a spreadsheet where I won 800 here and lost 400 here. Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm actually keeping This is the first tabs. year because you're going to figure it out. Because my wife and I have had a couple of weird conversations where I'm like, no, honey, this is, I actually, this is kind of a job. Yeah. You know, so I just want to show it on a spreadsheet. Yeah. So I'm up about I mean, 1500 on this calendar year. Right. And we are in right now, May. I yeah. Think, so it's something. not like yeah. I'm going to be doing this for real money. Yeah. But it is, I'm in the black. Right. If you're in the black at all with this, this <laughs> any, is a win. In, in anything. If yeah. you're in the red a little bit, it would be a win because it's a beautiful game. Right. And I mean, if I think about the things that I do as a hobby, they, I'm in the red. It's uh that's what, you know, if you think about yes, like, yeah, of course, but it's fun and it's worth it. Yeah. Which right. is exactly, you're right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I just had to check in. Uh, I don't mean to <laughs> side with your wife, it's, uh, but, no. I, but I've seen some people lose a lot of money. My wife's been very supportive. I yeah. didn't mean to throw under the bus, oh, no. but it is like, it isn't. I want I want to be able to show that it's a long run. Like like in lifetime I'm probably up about 100,000. Yeah. Because there was a stretch when I played online, I would play eight tables at once. Yeah. Online, I would have there would be this crazy grid of full tilt poker screens. I was doing it methodically at low stakes, playing really good ABC poker mm-hmm. over and over and over again and you can you can wrench out a profit from just doing it really well at low stakes. It sounds like World of Warcraft and mining. It is a little bit like that. It's <laughs> yeah. you can get lost in it. Yeah. And it's absolutely true that people with addictive personalities can completely fall off a cliff and Yeah, you don't and want lose yeah, you don't yourself wanna... into these worlds. Right. You don't want to do that. You want it to be could always be fun. Right. You want to make sure that you're, you know, you get the thing out of it that you that you started doing it for. Yeah. You know, if you're getting a zen, right. a, you know, mellow thing out of it where you're like, well, no, I came out of it and I was like, this was super fun. Yeah. I feel more centered. I feel like I, like yeah. I, like I did some awesome math. Yeah. I got to look at some people. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's, and it's always been an escape for me. Some of these hobbies like with fantasy football and with poker, I can, if I'm having angsty thoughts as I'm falling asleep. Yeah. I, I and I try to push those out of my head. Yeah. The easiest way for me personally to do that is to think about the Falcons or uh, think about the poker hand. Okay. Or think about my fantasy team and who I'm going to keep next year. Just little pleasant zenny things that help push away the scary demons. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's um it's it's some people do meditation and they try to because they say even yeah. with meditation and you breathe, you're supposed to try to let go of all your thoughts. Even in meditation, they say you never do let go of it's all the your thoughts. You just let the them come and go. You let them come and go. You let them come and go. So I've, I've worked with that and failed largely at that. So I find pick a pleasant thing and replace the thought as opposed to go thoughtless. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to have <laughs> nightmares and uh, my stepmother was like, Think about, and she was like, think about unicorns and lollipops and just to have them dance. <laughs> and, uh, she's like, just fucking go to sleep is what That's my stepmother. It wasn't bad. It was just like, she was like, what do you like? Think like about that. those things. Yeah. That's beautiful. It was great. It, and it ended up, uh, she also had a, a small, a chant that we would do whenever I would throw up. Uh, <laughs> I, when I, when, when we, what? I, when I was like seven or eight, when she first took over, I had a lot of emotional and I had a lot of issues, right? And so I used to throw up a lot. And she was like, okay, here we go. Regurgitate, regurgitate, puke up all the food you ate. And I was like, that's gross. And she's like, yeah, yeah, it is gross. I'm standing right here. And, uh, and wow. she, she was as supportive as a stepmother could be. Right. That's sweet. She was very sweet. That's and, a uh, weirdly sweet story. She's a weirdly sweet, irritating woman <laughs> who has gone on to a better place that have, probably has no children and some clone of my father who is uh, more attentive. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> I have weeded off. See, there are layers usual. to you, young oh, lady. There are. God knows. <laughs> I am an onion that uh, that is pretty obvious. So I think Rangers, the people who are listening to the show a lot, they're like, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I know of what you speak. So, but you're talking about ABC poker. Like if you're playing eight games at once, 
Yeah. What you're just like making decisions super fast, right? Yeah. So in that situation, again, this I'm going back to the welcome email that you sent me, which is I dare you to bore me with minutiae. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you to bore me with minutiae. All right. So in a live poker game, live Texas Hold'em, you'll get 25, 30 hands an hour. In an online game, you get about 70 to 100 an hour because it's faster. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I could play up to eight tables at once. So you could see almost in the neighborhood of 700 hands in an hour. Whoa. So in that dynamic, you're playing a different game completely. You are just folding, folding, folding and waiting for premier situations. And then you give those attention while you're folding the other tables. Right, and a and a, <laughs> a, a shitty two two cards might be like a two and a and a and a ten, yeah, right? You, you or never, a two and a seven. Or... Never playing those ever what, what, in that dynamic. Right, live okay. with a different situation. Live maybe. is a different situation, but if you're playing a, like eight games at once, you're going to want a pair. You're going to want the same suit. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, I mean the the premier cards are of course two aces, two kings, two queens. Yeah, ace king, ace queen. Okay. And then of course, as you go down the list of pairs, those are the next tier. You know, pocket tens, pocket jacks, and then you know on down, pocket right. nines, pocket twos. A pair are, of twos. Pocket twos are they're magical and they're fun to play because if you hit that third two, you can have a very sneaky, powerful hand. Right. But most of the time, they go nowhere. Right. So, so again, the relative play, balance. Play the odds. Yeah. Right. And that's interesting. It's, um, <laughs> huh. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So, so, okay. So you're, you're, you're playing along and then, so those are ones where you're folding 70, 70 hands an hour. Yeah. That's that is, crazy because it's, it's online. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's an virtual algorithm. game. Yeah. So, so in that situation, you're folding, you know, almost everything. And you're playing premier cards against the field. And how much of, is each there's game? There's a guy to, in China to, to, and a guy be... in Argentina and a guy in Alabama. And they're probably watching TV and drinking and just playing casually. Yeah. And I'm playing like really studied, careful ABC poker, right? Yeah. You know? In the hopes. Right. So and long run, that's profitable. Even though the guy from, you know, Alabama might beat me out only, of a huge hand. Right. He's, you're only playing 10 bucks or they're, they're, they're playing 10 bucks. Right. And you're playing 10 bucks eight times and you're hoping to win $800. Or yeah. 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 I'm grinding it out. And, you know, long run, those players are going to lose a little bit more when they lose mm -hmm. and win a little bit less when they win than I am. Mm -hmm. And so long run, that's a profitable game. Plus in the online game, the, the, uh, the, the rake, the the part the house takes is only five yeah. percent. Okay, so you only have to beat them by five point something percent to show a profit. So who owns these the the, on, the online? That sounds like the easiest way to make five percent ever. Yeah, I mean they're printing I mean, money, but obviously, like any of these other businesses, there are so many weird legal costs and promotional costs. And okay. but yeah, they're run in you know they're are off, there, they're are offshore. There, oh, they're yeah, I suppose they they would be, wouldn't they? Well, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean the the American government killed my little profit universe. I was making about twenty grand a year playing cards online. Okay, and they came along one day and shut down the full tilt site. Had an FBI warning on it, and it was over. Oh. And they made it – it's all debatable. Yeah. But according to some, they made it illegal to play that game for money from American soil. The oh, other, okay. The other side would argue that it's still a game of skill and not a game of chance. Yeah. And so it's not really illegal, but it's a debatable point and it still hasn't been resolved. Okay. But is there – not that you're doing it, but is there a way to play for money online? It's in the old days, it was easy to do. Yeah. Now it's conceivable, but you have to kind of have a it's third fiddly. party with the thing and put the money in. And it's a little bit of a gray okay. area. And, and there's more a couple, trouble than it's worth kind of thing. In my opinion. Yeah. Now, you could move to Canada and do whatever you want, which I've considered. <laughs> and, and some of these things are changing now. Okay. There's, uh, there's some games that you can play against. If you live in New Jersey, you can, there are some online poker games where you can play against people in New Jersey. It's like a closed circle. Okay. As opposed to it being global. Interesting. So. Greatest question. Oh, it my God. Away. It went away. Well, just as a side note, this was a real political bullshit moment because this was not a conversation about the nature of online gaming when this happened, when the law changed. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a port security bill 
And Bill Frist, who took money from uh, brick and mortar casinos in his district, ah, threw in uh, po- poker legislation in the bill. It went through both houses and it became American law as like an afterthought. You know, and it changed the lives hiding, of people like me. Yeah. Hiding this bullshit in the middle of these laws should be against the law. Yes. Uh, there's course. part of, I mean, you're just like, why do I have to bury my miscarriage? You know, why is that in the middle of that law about, right. I don't know, dental care? <laughs> and then you're like, well, but if you have a miscarriage, you have to buy a casket for it. And yes. you're like, it's a pile of goo, my friends, and it's gross. Yeah. And, uh, and it's very sad. It's an old fashioned political thing because they would trade, always they would horse trade those things, right? Yeah, they horse trade. Go, well, I'll vote for your bridge if you do this thing and put in the, th-, you know. Yeah. And that's, it still works that way. It still works that way. And they're, if, <laughs> if, if you can deal eight games out, uh, and, and get 70 hands an hour, uh, I think <laughs> we could separate out some bills. We could, uh, we, I know you'd think, okay, so let's get back to poker because right. I have, I remembered my question. Oh, okay. So do you have friend games at, in, at, that are legal at your house? Can you do that? Yes. Yes. And the government isn't chasing those around. Yeah. That doesn't, that's you know, not real. I actually played in one a week ago where it's a, it's a lawyer in New York City and he has a hand, you know, They'll get like 25 people come play a tournament. It's 20 oh. bucks and you play until you're out of chips. Oh. That's a more typical friend dynamic. Yeah. And it's all drinking and no one cares about the money. The money is just a way of keeping score, really. Right, right. Yeah. You know? And there's not a profit. He's not taking a cut for the house. Right. So that would be he's weird. He's not running a business. Yeah. That's a totally different thing. And I, there's a handful of those. Like, was it, playing. is it Texas Hold'em as well? Yeah. Okay. In that case, yeah. yeah. And, the, and, and there's a buy in and then you. Yeah. As opposed to like, uh, the classic Eddie Brill game, which I played in many times. Eddie's got a game that was sort of featured in one of the Louis C.K. episodes. That's basically, they've been playing for 20 years. Okay. And they play, uh, dealer calls it. So every time that, you know, the oh, cards, the cards go to the next person yeah, and, and you- they call, you know, follow the queen or some crazy <laughs> bullshit. And again, it's not about the money. It's no, no. about being with friends and drinking too much and busting each other's balls. And uh, busting each other's balls about picking AC Deuce. burgers and sandwiches. and Yeah, all of a sudden you're having mediocre Chinese yeah, food Yeah, complaining with about your relationships and, yes. you know, the you're things like, characters and, do. And pretending to smoke cigars <laughs> yes, like you enjoy that. it. Yeah, And I don't even like some of those things, mm-hmm. but I like that. People get together to do yeah, their that's things. A, that's a party. That that's essentially like going so over to a barbecue. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fun right. board game. Night. So to me, that's a completely different th- experience than being in Omaha and listening to you know, yeah, listening to a podcast while Jimmy you play. Pardo while I'm trying to win money from strangers. <laughs> right, right. It's uh, what's interesting is when you play with friends, do you usually win? I mean, I win more than. More than they do long run because I know the minutiae of the game. Right. But I'm not trying to beat them no, no. badly. No, 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 In you're fact, not. I'll very often make decisions that are not strictly good decisions because they're more fun and it'll those be, make the game more interesting yeah, of course, kind of right. thing. Yeah. 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 You want to, you want to play a game. You don't want to, yeah, right. you, you don't want the I'm, $20 I'm dollars a, of five a of your friends. Yeah. Yes. I'm, like, a, I'm a little bit of a badass when I'm in Omaha, but yeah. when I'm with Eddie Brill, I'm not trying to take his money. Right. Right. You're like, I have $20. Yeah. I don't need your $20. Right. It'll be fine. So, and, and so when you're in New York and you go out two weekends a year, a, a month, uh, the other times you're doing plenty of stand up, right? A little bit, but less so. I'm doing a lot of radio now. And so oh, that's kind of become a bigger slice of my pie. Okay. I have a, I have a thing called Quick Snaps. And right. It's- you get your pod. Is that on a, is that on a network? Quick snaps? Uh, no. We're, you just we're put kind it out of talking to some networks now. Okay. But we, it's on Podbean and it's out every week during the yeah, football season. Get it on season. iTunes and we and- try to keep it tight. It's about a half an hour of this is the weekend that was in the NFL. Oh, that's interesting. Jokes and some talk, you know, about yeah. our teams. Have and- you ever listened to, um, Aaron Foley's Sports Without Balls? You know what? It's I a, haven't. It's an hour podcast about just all sports. It's uh, she loves football. I think she does fantasy. I've baseball. seen some of her stuff online, but I've never listened to the thing. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, her stand up's exceptional. But uh, 
I'm talking, by the way, with Kostaki Economopolis. <laughs> I'm talking with like the, like radio. Uh, it's at funny Kostaki, C-O-S-T-A-K-I and Kostaki.com is C-O-S-T-A-K-I.com. And it has all the information. Like all where you're doing stand up. You got a new album coming out that you recorded at, at, at Acme that that'll be out in May before this. So it'll be out when this comes out. Cool. Um, it's called live at Acme, Kostaki Economopolis. So, um, yeah. So what if, uh, people want to get into it? What if, are there good books? Are there good websites? Is there? Yeah, I would say go play at really low stakes and learn the game. Yeah. S- study the game see a little you, bit. See if you like it. Like you would do, like you would do anything. Like, like you if do stand up. If you're going to play blackjack once a year. Yeah. Who cares what you're supposed to do with aces and eights and whatever? Like people don't even know. Oh, I got one of those carts. Right. Uh, cause but if I- you're going to play a lot, yeah. not knowing is crazy. Right. <laughs> Right? right, right. That doesn't make any sense. So if you, you know, play really low stakes, there's, there's a two, four game in your local casino, which means it's the, the big blind is $4. Okay. And the actually, small is two. Actually, it's less. I think it's one, two, and then four is the later bet. Anyway, I'm getting uh, this is $1 too much versus mani- $2. And then but that's two a limit four. game. So if everything goes wrong, you can lose $20 in one hand. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not as scary as a no limit game. Yeah, no limit game scary. Uh, when, to a when, newcomer, you really shouldn't play no limit as a first timer in a poker universe. When I do a casino, when I do stand up comedy at a casino, <laughs> I spend uh, most of the week white knuckling it, trying not to gamble until at least Thursday. Oh, I got you. Yeah, or Saturday I've been if there. I can hold out. Yeah, yeah. And when I do, I like to play five card poker on a machine. Or right. I like to, and, and then here's the big game I play. I like to take 40 bucks, Aunt Jackie over here. I'm, I'm the world's weirdest white aunt. Uh, is I take 40 bucks and I go to the, uh, I, I go to the, um, the blackjack table. Yeah. Cause I like to sit around with the people and play ba- blackjack. The felt and the chips and, and the, the chips feel and the and people. The, and the you're like, Hey, that's a all. terrible decision. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and right. because I have the card, I don't mind playing the last spot. So I'll take the hit for people. Oh, right. And, and then I'll play as long as I have played as much, hold your hats, <laughs> as much as $100 oh. at, at a poker game, at, at, at a blackjack. Do you game. know who famously loves $5 blackjack? Who? Bill Gates. Bill Gates famously loves the $5. richest man in the world loves $5 blackjack. Right. Cause he thinks it's fun. <laughs> I bet. And he only plays for like an hour or two. Sure as long right. as the, the $100 lasts. Right. So the thousand dollars, in his case, he might play as much as a thousand dollars. Bill Gates. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I really, I don't, I, my, one of the things my dad told me and never followed his own advice is, uh, you got to only play as much money as you're, you could afford to lose. Of course. Yes. yes. And, Great um, advice. right. He never, he never actually <laughs> he never did, did that. that. <laughs> no, no, that was not his thing. But, uh, he's like, I know the rule, but, uh, he would lose and then he would have to go be a bag man for the DeSalvos. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, he's like, just, is that for real? Yeah. He was like, go make this delivery for F- Frank Pulaski. Goodness gracious. And, uh, that's so, how you get out of debt. That's it. Well, I mean, that's how my dad got out of debt. Wow. You know, he's just like, he's doing errands for, for mediocre bad guys I in Milwaukee. I just don't think that happens in real life. I just not in those, in that universe. It's my, amazing to me. My father's really... universe is, is a parallel universe. <laughs> he makes it much more. When, when I first started going on the road, he was like, you should see these contracts that some of these strippers have. Uh, cause they got, they got, and I was like, what's happening, dad? Why are you talking about contracts with strippers? What, where are you? He's like, well, there's a, a nice strip club out in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. And, uh, and, and I go there sometimes just to play cards. And I was like, and to look at noodly ladies. What are you nuts? And, uh, and he's like, I mean, by this time I had been hanging out with enough dirtbag comics to know what strip clubs are for. Yeah. It turns out they're to look at nudes. They're to look at nudely ladies. That's yeah. one of the big draws. Well, you do get to wander around in life your whole life and go, I wonder what she looks like naked. And then you get to go in this one building where you get to find out. <laughs> right. It's You're like, magical. Oh, that's what, that's what one of those, that's what that kind of lady looks like without her clothes. Good for her. And oh, that's a different kind of lady. You ever hear Matt Weinold's joke about, uh, the smaller the town, the weirder the strip club? No. It's uh, something about, uh, it's usually some woman with who's had like one breast and she's a pirate. So the other <laughs> Rest is a hook, and it's a much better joke than that. You should go find I Matt Weinhold. Yeah, you should find his his album. I think it's called No. That's 
Danny Gould's album. I is, forget what it's. Is he still pounding the road, Matt Weinhold? No, no, he's writer guy, writer guy. Oh, okay. So he's writing, he's writing the good, he's writing the good funnies. That's a good, that's a good job for him. He's a crazy good writer. Yeah, he's a great writer. So, uh, but he does have an album out that everybody should, I don't know why. Do you have other albums? Cause Naki looks like something <laughs> you're doing. I do. This is my third stand up album. Excellent. Available uh, on all the things. At all the things. iTunes and whatnot. Kostaki.com has links to it. And I also have an album of Econa Monologues, which is a segment I did on Bob and Tom for years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's actually a three-disc set. Oh, my gosh. It or not. With a lot of opinion? A lot of... Is well, it ranty or? At the time, it was a, it was a writing exercise. You appreciate this. So I did... Um, I don't know how much minutia to share here. I did a segment like. on yeah. the Bob and Tom show... I'd been on the show many times recently, mm-hmm. and then I went on and I thought to myself, I'd already done all the all my good jokes. What do yeah. I do now? And I was writing for the Complete Sheet, which is a, a service for DJs. Okay, they like get an email at five in the morning. This is what's happening in country music news. What happened in politics? This okay. Is, and I wrote uh, topical jokes for the Complete Sheet. Talk about, dude, you have been grinding it out for decades. I know it's crazy. You're like, <laughs> I have to make some money. I'm going to write the the cheat sheet or I whatever. I write the jokes. Yeah, but that was great for me. Because yeah. I learned the discipline of I have to write 15 jokes every day yeah. and send them in. And so when I was kind of strapped, I went on the Bob and Tom show and I did a segment called Topical Sounding Jokes. <laughs> These are jokes that sound like they're from this week but aren't. And I just grabbed all my favorite jokes that I'd written in the prior year right. and I did like 20 of them. Oh, that's hilarious. And they actually ended up bringing in like a, like a rim shot thing and it was yeah. like – like the stars aligned and it killed on the show. And it became something. Well, what Three happened, albums worth of something. Yeah, well, I was doing, you know, whatever. I'm trying to think of an example. Like um, Pac-Man just turned 25 today. Yeah. Uh, that's a long time to be chased by uh, little demons. Ask Robert Downey Jr. Whatever. It was. Oh, there you go. It was all those kind of jokes. Yeah, but yeah. It was like my favorite 15 of them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they killed. And then after the thing, Tom comes over and goes, uh, you think you could do something like that, like every week? And I said yes, and of yes. course the answer was no. But I- <laughs> <laughs> but hit and miss. Uh, um, and then it morphed into every week I would pick a subject and just write on it. Okay. So it yeah, like be- Lewis Blackie kind of. Yeah, it was called the Econom Monologue. Yeah. And then one week it was Halloween That's a, traditions. The greatest names. Econom <laughs> yeah. Monologue. And the next week it was a weird uh, sports. Prizes. Yeah. And the next week it was phobias. One time I did uh, um, Dante's Inferno. It was like, well, there's nine <laughs> levels of hell. I can write nine jokes at least. There you go. And oh, that's so hilarious. That became the segment for a while. Yeah. And then eventually that sort of faded and it morphed into an all NFL segment. Okay. And, and so then, that's what I'm doing. So I do quick the snaps. Albums. Yeah. So I yeah. call, so the albums are actually before it became football. And the so other it's, things. It's like Christmas traditions and Halloween and, and yeah, and, the Kama Sutra. I just whatever the subjects were that I thought had a lot of bullet points. Yeah, yeah. And I would just write jokes. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. And so okay, so we're at an hour. You should know this. Oh, yeah, an hour has gone by. So Kostaki Economopolis, when you guys, about is a me, great time comic. Flies. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's why, that's why I do it every week. Uh, you have been listening, uh, and you should find the stand-up comedy of uh, Kostaki Economopolis because it's a fucking delight. <laughs> anyway, at Funny Kostaki, Kostaki's with a C, uh, with, and then C-O-S-T-A-K-I, and Kostaki.com. And podcast, quick snaps, half hour. Uh, you probably have all of last season of football. Yeah, on, if you want to catch up, go catch back and up. do it. It's there fun. you go. And new album, uh, third album, live at Acme, coming out May 26th. And uh, thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for being on the show. This is a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Sure. And you know the rules out there, you guys. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?